with our eyes closed, uh, can we just sing? Uh, we're looking to your promise of old that we pray and humble ourselves. You will come and hear our land. You will come, you will come. We're looking to the promise you made that if we turn and look to your face, you will come and hear our land. You will come, you will come to us. Lord, send revival. Start with me, for I am one of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King. Your glory I have glimpsed. Send revival. Start with me. Just with our voices and with the praise team, with the support of the praise team, just from the whispers of our hearts and just with the prayer and with the praise, with the genuine praise that we will offer to God, can we just sing this together? We're looking to your promise of Let's sing together. Looking to your promise of old, that if we pray and humble ourselves, you will come and heal our land. You will come, you will come. We're looking to the promise you made. We're looking to the promise you made That if we turn and look to your face You will come and heal our land You'll come, you'll come to us our personal prayer before God, Lord, send revival. Lord, send revival. Start with me. It begins with us. For I am one of unclean. One more time, Lord, send revival. Start with me. ourselves today for I am for I am one of unclean lips and my eyes have seen the King your glory I have place our right hands to the left side of our chest, our heart representing our life, and let's just take a moment to surrender ourselves to our Heavenly Father. Let's just recommit our heart and our soul, our life, our nefesh, our everything back to Him. Let us pray together. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me 
For you are God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Remember, Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember us, remember me, for you, Lord, are good. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for the privilege and the honor to be here on the Sabbath to worship you, not just to hear your word, but Lord, just to be with one another and to be in a community of believers. Lord, I know that all of us, we all have so many shortcomings, and we are filled with so much sin and so much taint of just the wickedness of this world. But Lord, you have seen us for who we are, and you have accepted us for who we are. And you love us for who we are. God, when we come and repent, God, you accept us for who we are. And God, we are saved simply by grace and by the blood that was shed for us that washes away all of our sins. And that is why we are able to stand here today and to worship you. That we are able to sing songs. Lord, start revival. Send revival and start with me. For I am one of the unclean lips. Lord, it begins with us. And God, we could make that claim that I have seen the king. That God, if we humble ourselves and we seek your face, you will come and hear our land. We're able to pray these things. We are able to sing these songs because of the cross. Because of what you have done for us on the cross. So God, whatever happened last night, whatever happened yesterday, whatever happened last week, whatever happened this week, Lord, we do not come and allow that to become greater than our worship to you. We will worship you today with all of our hearts and surrender everything we have at your feet, O oh God. Lord, come and have your way. Speak to each and every single one of us, for we are all desperate and hungry. Even though we are all in different seasons and phases in life, God, one thing is clear, that we desire your presence, that we desire your relationship more than everything else, more than anything else, we desire you today. So God, have your way within us. Speak to us. Lord, as you transition, Lord, let these words, the message, be pleasing in your sight, O God. Let our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O God, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. We love you. Thank you for each and every single one of the members in our church. We pray all these things in your precious son, Jesus Christ, and I pray. And God's people pray, amen and amen. Like us, example, we wear our masks. Uh, we should, uh, let's make sure that we give the extra effort. And when we smile, please smile with your eyes. Some of you, you guys can't smile with your eyes. You're smiling, but your eyes are angry, right? There are certain individuals here who look like that. So let's be sure, like Daniel, <laughs> EG. Uh, Ronnie is always straight line. <laughs> um, yeah, let's, uh, let's make sure that we... Really, with the weather and everything, let's not forget, uh, today is the first Sunday of 2020, and what a blessing it is. So it all begins with our mind and inner, uh, what is going on inside, not what's outside. It could be storm or whatever situation may be happening. We make sure that our joy comes from within because of the relationship that we have with the Father. Amen? So with that, uh, let's begin our sermon and the message today, we will be on Philemon series, Philemon, 
series. And the title today of today's message is called, Are You Refreshing or Are You Draining? Can we turn to our neighbor and say, Are You Refreshing or Are You Draining? Turn to our neighbor and say, Are You Shuane or Are You Kajigoga? Pigone. Or Pajigoga. Kajo. Right? Are you refreshing or are you draining? He's just like, that's wrong. <laughs> Let's begin with today's passage found in Philipp- Philemon. I keep ch- <laughs> I'm sorry, I keep trying to say Philippians because we did our Philippian series for so long. Philemon chapter 1, verse 1 through 7. How many chapters are in the book of Philemon? Yun? How many chapters are in the book of Philemon? Tony? Okay, Angela, how many chapters? Three. Josh? Brother Amico? Look at Andy cheating. He's like, how many chapters? <laughs> I already know what he's doing. He's looking down. I already know exactly what he's doing. How many, Andy? <laughs> oh, I thought you were on your phone. You wouldn't know. There's only one, just one. It's one personal letter that Paul is writing to Philemon. So it's very easy, Philemon chapter one. So we don't even need to say the chapter, just Philemon verse one through seven. And this is an amazing book, one of my favorite books in the, in the, in the New Testament. Very short, but very powerful. And there are so many amazing lessons that we can learn from this very book. So let's begin, starting from verse one through seven. It says, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker, also to Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And right now, already, from verse 1 to verse 3, we see that this is a small church. This is a personal church because they're meeting in their home. It's a small community, just like our community, very close-knit and like family-like. And begins with uh, verse 4. Let's continue. Thanksgiving and prayer. That's the title. And it says, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers. Because I hear about your love for all his holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. I pray that your partnership with us and the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. Again, Philemon is a personal letter written just for Philemon by the great apostle Paul himself. The context is, Paul here, he is in prison while he is writing this letter to Philemon, his dear friend, his dear brother. In the past, letters were written and it was meant to be read aloud. That's why in the intro it says to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker, and Timothy, our brother, it says, and to Aphia, our sister, Archippus, our fellow soldier, it was meant so that he could read his letter to the fellow church. So if 
Brother Enrico receives a letter. He comes and he brings it to the church and he reads it to the group for all to hear. It was intended for all individuals, for every people to hear. That is why it is saved in the canon of the New Testament in the Bible that we have today. And we see all throughout the New Testament, we see theology, theology, theology with the book of Romans, theology, and then all of a sudden we are hit with the book of Philemon. And if you look at it in a chronological order, Philemon is actually the first book in the New Testament. It was written the earliest of Paul's letters. We see theology, 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 and then bam, we are hit with this personal letter, and it's kind of like, why? Why is this letter here for us Christians, for us to read this book? And the lesson is, is to teach us, to teach us Christians that we can attend every Bible study, that we could come to church every Sunday and hear every sermon, and we could read every chapters in the Bible. But if you do not have a relationship, and this is the key, if you do not have the relationship and your life is not showing the fruit of the relationship and the love of the Father, then everything is for nothing. You can know how many Bibles are in the Bible. How many books of the Old Testament? How many books in the New Testament? You could quote all the scripture that you want. You could memorize all the passages that you want. But if your life is not an overflow of what you are hearing and what you are taught and what you are reading, the overflow of the relationship with the Father, then everything is for nothing. If, you're, if the truth is not evident in your lives, it is all for nothing. And that's what the book of Philemon is teaching us. If love and forgiveness are not shown in your lives, everything that you're doing right now, it's all for nothing. Just like 1 Corinthians chapter 13, you could have everything, all the gifts, all the talents. But if you do not have love, everything is for nothing. You're just a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal, it says. Just noise you're making in life. This letter was saved by Philemon himself because it was a sacred letter a dear letter, because he knew that this was grace and peace. It says in the beginning, it says grace and peace. It says grace and peace to you. It says to, to Philemon, grace and peace to you. This is a letter to you. This is a, a gift to you. And Philemon kept this letter. It's like a letter that you receive, a personal letter that you get from someone that you are close to, someone that is dear in your life. And then you go ahead and you save it. And that this letter was found. And that is why we have it in the New Testament today. Look at verse 1 to 3. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker, also to Afia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He was keeping this letter as sacred, and he will save it for years to come beyond his life. I have this, um, this letter, and I share the story with uh, this. I have, it's on video before I went to live in Korea. Um, there was a student, a youth student that I was really close to. Uh, we called his nickname was Pama because he used to have Pama when he was young, and it stuck with him. He tried to be a tough guy, but his name Pama stayed with him. So Pama, Pama, and then... He comes from a very sad story where, you know, his mother left and then his father, he's living, his mother left with the sister, like in the middle of the night, she was gone. 
because the father was so abusive and uh, he would like he's an alcoholic he would drink and he would call me in the middle of the night and ask me if I can come and I would come and I would go to the house there'll be blood like like in the body and and the dad and I had to like make sure we stop him and he, we were very close very close like a little brother he was a student of mine I was a teacher at that time and then uh, the last day he came and he had like a couple ring and he gave and and he's like, and people are like, oh, couple ring is so cute. And then it's like, and then he just give wrote a letter, and my brother and and everything. And it's something that you save, something that is dear to you, someone that is close to you, is something that you keep a secret. And that's what Philemon did. He kept this letter because it was a reminder that only the grace and peace of Jesus Christ can transform us and renew us to be the new individual. You want to you wanna talk about new resolution? You want to talk about the new year? A lot of people will try to enter the new year with discipline and with their own strength, but that will not work. The only thing that will keep it consistent, the only thing that could transform you from the inside out is the power of the cross. It's grace and peace that is given by Jesus Christ. That's why it says in verse 3, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, meaning only the redemption work of the cross can transform us and renew us. The blood that was shed for us on the cross has the power to renew us. He's reminding Philemon that only Jesus Christ can transform us. And that is why I am able to send you this letter, grace and peace to you, Philemon, from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So in this letter, and with the title, are you refreshing or are you draining? Philemon was an individual that was refreshing to others. It says here that your love, in verse 7, your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. So again, the question who will you be remembered as? As someone who refreshes others or as someone who drains others? Starting with point number one, refreshing. Refreshing, refreshing, refreshing. Can we turn to our neighbor and go, Shh. just blow to their ear, please? Shh. You got to blow in their ear, then. In these years, yes. <laughs> so on a hike, on a sun-scorching hike, on a sun-scorching day, when we have a bottle of water, do we take the first sip or do we offer it to others so that they can drink it first instead? It says in Second Samuel chapter 23, verse 8 to 23, there's an amazing story here about David and his fellow men. It's actually called David's Mighty Warriors. Let's just go ahead and read this passage so that we can understand what it means to be refreshing to others, to the people in our lives. These men, they literally risk everything to refresh their leader, which here is David. It says in verse 8, that these are the names of David's mighty warriors. Josheb Beshehebeth of Tekemonite was chief of the three. He raised his spear against 800 men whom he killed in one encounter. Next to him was Eleazar, son of Dodai, 
the Ehoite as one of the three mighty warriors who was with David when they taunted the Philistines gathered at the Pass de Mimim for battle. Then the Israelites retreated, but Eleazar stood his ground and struck down the Philistines till his hand grew tired and froze to the, froze to the sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day. The troops returned to Eleazar, but only to stretch the dead. Next to him was Shema, son of Agi, the Harahite, when the Philistines banded together at a place where there was a field full of lentils, Israel's troops fled from them, but Shema took his stand on the mid- in the middle of the field. He defended it and struck the Philistines down, and the Lord brought about a great victory. During harvest time, verse 13, three of the thirty chief warriors came down to David at the cave of Adullam. While a band of Philistines was encamped in the valley of Raphaim, at that time David was in the stronghold and the Philistine garrison was at Bethlehem. David longed for water and said, Oh, that someone will get me a drink of water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem. So the three mighty warriors broke through the Philistine lines, drew water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem, and carried back to David, but he refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out before the Lord. Far be it from me, Lord, to do this, he said. It is not the blood of men who went at the risk of their lives, and David will not drink it. Such were the exploits of the three mighty warriors. And then it goes on in verse 18. Abishai, the brother of Joab, son of Zerulah, and it just goes on and on, and I'm not going to go ahead and finish, but let's go to verse 23. It says, He was held in greater honor than any other 30, but he was not included among the three, and David put him in charge of his bodyguard. Finish. Verse 23. So what is the point here? The key point, the main part here is found in verse 15. David, they're in the midst of battle, and David longed for water and said, Oh, that someone would get me a drink from water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem. So three mighty warriors broke through the Philistine lines, drew water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem, carried it back to David, but refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out before the Lord. Far be it from me, Lord, to do this. He said, It is not the blood of men who went at the risk of their lives, and David will not drink it. I mean, think about and look at the loyalty of these individuals. I'm pretty sure Dan would be like, and by the time it's like gone. That's just okay, You wouldn't. This is like literally a scene from Dynasty Warriors, right? These guys are crazy. He literally put his spear in the middle and everyone came. Like these are these guys are like killing by the thousands. They're destroying, they're strong individuals. And again, who says that Christian men are supposed to be weak? They're in the midst of battle. David is longing for water, but they go ahead and they refresh King David. And even King David himself. I mean, I guess he could have given that water to his men, but he decided to just pour it. I mean, it's cool, right? I guess it's good. So no one gets to drink. But that's how far we need to go in order to refresh our brothers and sisters. Again, is your life a legacy of refreshing others, selflessness? Do we put others first before ourselves? And you know, us as a church, we do this every week. You know, Arlene paying for the bubble tea on Christmas, no, on the New Year's Day service after. You know, Tony buying us, you know, tone chicken, right? Tone chicken. Oh, you're going to say, I was going to say, 
No, we're not sure something this, and we're not going to say anything. Tone chicken, and angles with the cake pops. Just everything, kunzani with the tokuk, and everything, small to big things, every individual, when you help with the setup of the table, when you pick up a garbage on the ground, whatever you do, all the little to the big things, serving the cups, utensils, cleaning up, just whatever you're doing, giving, even, even giving rice to someone in need without a car. Small and insignificant to some, but big to God. Are you a refreshing, a refreshment? Do you replenish the lives of the people around you? Jeremiah 9, 23, verse 24 says this. This is what the Lord says. Let not the wise boast of their wisdom or the strong boast of their strength or the rich boast of their riches. But let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord about this, that they have the understanding to know me, that I am the Lord who exercises what? Kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. And in these I delight, declares the Lord. That's why Paul, he goes on in verse 4 to 7. I always thank my God as I remember you, Philemon, in my prayers. Because I hear about your love for all his holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed, refreshed, refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. This amazing man of God, Philemon, was able to bring refreshment unto others. Not only just to Paul, the Paul, apostle, Paul himself, but to all of his God's holy chosen people, whether they're rich or whether they're poor, whether they're popular or not popular. Philemon, he refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people and how amazing it is because it says, because brother, you have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. And he was commended for what he did. He helped restore the faith of God's chosen church that was found in Colossae, which was a church where Philemon was in. So again, are you a refreshing cold drink in a sun-scorched hike? Do you bring refreshment to the brothers and sisters around you? Or are we just a dead weight that drags others down? Remember, in football practice, I've shared this story with a guy. I'm not going to say his full name, but his last name is Kang. We would lose our football match, and our coach would make us do the hill. If you guys remember in MVD, remember that hill that I showed you? So our coach would, after this is after practice, so you're dead tired after practice. If you've ever on sports, you're just dead tired, and then he says, because you guys lost the match, we want to go, and whatever point we lost, we do <laughs> the point. Uh, we, we go up and we do the hike. So one time we had to do over 20 times, and we're doing it. You know, of course, for me, you know, I'm going to do it, you know, because I'm good, and I do it, and I go all the way, I'm doing the best. But then there's this one guy, his name is Kang, and he is dragging all of us down, and my coach is upset because we lost the game. He says, AC, he called me AC. AC, you better go and pick up your friend because you're Korean. And like, it's because he was Korean. He was the only other Korean. We were like the only two Koreans. 
like, you better go help him. I was like, coach, that's so racist. But I was like, okay. I was, and I was just, I was cool with him. Like, he was my, Mr. Von Tobo, he was really cool. He was my coach, and he was my history teacher, so I was really close with him. But he would, and I would come, I would, come on, Jim. We got, we, oh, I said James. <laughs> Kang, come on, Kang. Let's go, let's go. We do it, we do it. He would, come on, come on. And then I would have to do extra, 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 and then we would have to continue on until he was able to do it. So again, which leads to our second point. Are you refreshing or are you training? Can we turn to our neighbor and say, are you training? The kingdom of God are filled with many different types of individuals, all types of individuals. However, we must share the same mind. And what is that mind? It's the mind of Christ. And what is the mind of Christ? The mind of Christ is humility. It says in Philippians 2.5, In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And if you have the Bible with you, if you continue on reading, what is that mindset of Jesus? It's talking about the incarnation of Jesus Christ. It's saying, being in very nature God. It's talking about Jesus. Who being in very nature God. He did not consider equality with God something he can use for his own advantage. But he made himself nothing but taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death. Even death on a cross. Are we an individual? Do we live a life of love? of loyalty, of kindness, of strength, of unity, of patience? Or do we bring an energy of depression and we become dead weight in the relationships that God has placed us in? Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 to 23. It says, The acts of the flesh are obvious, Sexual morality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And it says that there is nothing greater than love. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I'm not making light of people who are undergoing depression, who have serious case of when they're going through things, when they're attacked in their mind, and when they're undergoing depression, in a time of difficulty in life. But however, I'm just here to remind us that it only takes one individual. It takes one individual to destroy the atmosphere of the group. You must not live as people who only takes and drains. But the mindset we should have, the mindset of Christ is of love, loyalty, kindness, strength, unity, and patience. When we come to church, we suck up all the members' energies because we are lost in our emotions. When we go to work, we suck up all the energy of the co-workers' energy because we are lost in our own mind and our own emotions. But godly men and women of God, you must please check letter A, your attitudes. 
What is attitudes? A manner of thinking, feeling, behaving that reflects a state of mind. What is your attitude like? Check your attitudes. Check your attitudes today. What are your temperaments? The manner of thinking, behaving, reacting, characteristic of a specific person. What are your temperaments? Let us see your intentions, your reason for doing. What is your reason for doing what you did? A mental state that represents a commitment to carrying out an action. What made you do why you did? Why did you do it? What made you do it? Your intentions. And then lastly, the actions. What you do counts. What you do matters. Attitudes, temperaments, intentions, actions. Because one individual can make or break the entire group, the atmosphere of the group. And as Christian men and women of God, we must check ourselves before we ruin ourselves. Before we wreck the relationships that we have. The question, are we selfless or are we selfish? Are we childlike or are we childish? Are we replenishing or are we exhausting in our relationship? Because we see here Philemon, he was an individual that refreshed others. We must remember in the book of Philemon at the intro, are you refreshing or are you draining? Are you someone who lifts and edifies and encourages? Or are we just dead weight? When someone comes in, a newcomer comes, and they're in a place of depression, and they're going through trials in life, okay, then we come, we welcome them. But eventually, the goal of the church is not to stay sick, but it's to get better, right? Just like the hospital. You don't want to stay in the hospital long, sick. That means you are not doing well, and eventually we will die. Same thing with the church. When we come in, we are called to get better. We are called to overcome. We are called to live victorious in our relationship, in our life, in our relationship, not just with Christ, but in our relationship with our neighbors, with our fellow brothers and sisters. And eventually, if that individual, after many years, they're still struggling and continuing on, in their same old mindset of draining, 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 and taking, taking, taking. That will be what you will be remembered as. That will be our legacy. But we are called as Christians, no matter what, no matter what circumstances you're going through, you're called to be a refreshing unto your brothers and sisters and in the church and in the world. You are called to be the light that shines not a light that is overcome by darkness of this world. Rather than exhausting and taking and draining and sucking the energy of the relationships in your life by complaints, by arguments and gossips, I pray, my prayer, that in the year 2021, as we're in this new year, I pray that we as God's people, as Deep Roots Church, that we will be a church that replenishes the hearts and the spirits of others with encouragement through love, commitment, humility, with positive energy, by having good attitudes, especially for the long-term members here in 
the church. Let us not live foolishly like we did in 2018, 2017, 2019, and 2020. But let us grow like Philemon as an example to be a refreshment, replenishing others. Amen? Like the Dragon Ball analogy I gave with the weight and everything, don't be a spirit bomb, right? Like we used to joke about spirit bomb. Tony, do you know what spirit bomb is? Give me all your energy and then, (laughs) you don't know? Give me all your energy and then all you're doing is taking, taking. I'm like, Koku, you're so selfish. Why can't you be strong enough to just defeat on your own? He's just taking everyone's energy. Give me all your energy. Let us be individuals who replenish, not drain. Verse 1 to 3. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother. That first line is very important. A prisoner of Christ Jesus. Paul could have gone and he could have wrote in his letter, I am a prisoner. I am in prison. Woe to me. Look at me. I am in prison. Grace and peace to you. Forget that. Grace and peace to me. I need it the most. But no, but look at what he says. To Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker. Also to Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier. And to the church that meets in your home. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Even Paul, as he's in prison, he is refreshing others, not draining others, not being a victim. This is one of the letters where Paul is in prison. Look at the attitude of Paul. Look at the heart of Paul, verse 4 through 7. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers. He doesn't say, come and remember me. Oh, I'm in prison. Come, do something about it. He says, I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your love for all his holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. That is a lesson that we can learn today from the heart of Paul and from the heart of Philemon. Be a refreshment. Be a refreshment. Be refreshing to your fellow brothers and sisters, not draining. Again, are you refreshing or are you draining? And with that, Due to the time, I'm going to just close us up in prayer. If you guys could just bow your heads with me. Let us pray together. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your love for all his holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray that we'll be remembered for the love that we have for your people and for the faith that I have in you, Jesus Christ. It says, I pray that your partnership with us in the faith 
may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. Lord, I pray that our faith will be deepened today, that in understanding the good things that come from the sharing the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. It continues on and says, Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. Lord, I pray that our love will bring great joy to our church, to our fellow brothers and sisters. I pray, God, that my loyalty will be of great encouragement to my fellow brother and sister. I pray, God, that the legacy that I will leave is that, God, that I have refreshed the hearts of your people. That, God, that I was not an individual, that I was a dead weight that brought the atmosphere of the group down, but, Lord, that I was an individual that was able to bring the blessing onto the places where you have called me to go and called me to be. So, God, wherever I am, wherever I am standing, no matter what transitional period I am in my life, whether I'm waiting for a job, whether I'm waiting for the school to finish, whether I am waiting for a relationship, whatever they may be, oh Lord, I pray, God, that we'll be faithful. And God, that at the end of the day, that we'll have a legacy like Philemon, that we'll have a legacy like Paul, knowing that, God, that they served their whole life being a blessing unto others and not a curse. I pray, God, that we'll be a refreshment unto our brothers and sisters and not an individual that drains and that takes away the energy of the fellowship, of the godly fellowship, of the joyful fellowship where you have called us to be. So, God, I pray right now as a church, I proclaim it in the name above all names, in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray against every attack, every evil spirit of the enemy, sin, you do not have a place here, depression, you do not have a place here. Father, I pray your victory over the lives of your people. I pray, God, that we'll be united as a church. I pray, God, that we'll walk in victory that is found in Christ, that, God, that we'll not be victims. God crawling barely every single day allowing the enemy to take control and trample over us but Lord we overcome the enemy right now through the blood that was shed for me by the cross, the resurrection and the life, the death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, we proclaim your name we proclaim your freedom in our homes, in our families, in our workplaces, in our schools, in our relationships, in everything we do, God, we proclaim your victory, the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, and I pray, and God's people pray, amen and amen. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for giving us this opportunity to worship and praise you this Sunday morning. Also, we thank you for letting us hear your word and learn about the book of Philemon as we reflect on the message that was prepared by Reverend Andrew. We pray that we put others before ourselves and refresh other people's lives around us and really have the heart like Paul and Philemon. And we also ask you to fill us with your words and engrave them in our hearts and mind every single day so that we may have the same mindset as you and mature in our godly lives. And at this time, we, we pray for the offering. We thank you for this time of offering. Help us to give freely, sacrificially, and cheerfully, and that our offerings will be used to extend your kingdom. 
God, we love you and honor you. We pray everything in Jesus' name. One thing to note, uh, it could be Philemon or Philemon, but I just chose Philemon.